Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Rabbi Avram Goldhari, and today we're Zechus Sota Daf Mem Hey, the ninth parak Egla Rufa. The Zichud Mezechus Sota program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara notes that our Mishnah does not accord with Rebbelezer ben Yaakov, who says, Zekanecha zo Sanhedrin. Your elders, this refers to the Sanhedrin. Shoftecha zemelch Gadol. Your judges, this refers to the king and Kohen Gadol. The Gemara inquires if he holds like one of the Tanaim of our Mishnah regarding the number of judges required, or if he requires the entire Sanhedrin to come. Of Yosef brought a Bryce, which teaches that Azak and Mamre, the rebellious elder, who received Sanhedrin's ruling outside of the Lishkas of Gazes, and later ignores it, is not punished. Now, the case must be where the entire Sanhedrin was there, because otherwise, he obviously could not be liable, since it's possible that other members would agree with him. But since at least 23 members must always be in the Lishkas of Gazes, how would this occur? It must be they left for a mitzvah that required the entire Sanhedrin, presumably to measure it for an Egla Rufa. The Gemara answers that the entire Sanhedrin is required for a different purpose, to add to the city of Yishalayim or to the Azaras of the base of Migdash. However, the Gemara brings another brace which clearly states that the Sanhedrin leaves for the purpose of measuring for Egla Rufa. Point number two, Abai once declared, Today I'm prepared to answer questions with depth and clarity like Ben Azai did in the markets of Taveri. He was asked, Two corpses, which are found one on top of the other. From where does one measure to surrounding cities? Do we say something covered by its own type, meaning another corpse, is considered covered and exempt from Eglo Rufa, but something raised on its own type is not considered floating and is subject to Eglo Rufa? Thus, one would only measure from the top corpse, or perhaps the top corpse is considered floating and the bottom is not considered covered and we would only measure from the bottom. It's also possible that neither is subject to Eglo Rufa if they're considered covered and floating, respectively. And Rashi adds the possibility that they may both be subject to Eglo Rufa. Abai offered a resolution from a Bryce Shukha, where one sheaf of grain lay atop another, which are the same type. The Tanakhama says the bottom is Shukha and the top is not because of the floating exemption. And Rabbi Shimon says neither is Shukha because the bottom has a covered exemption. The Gemara says they do not necessarily argue if the bottom is considered covered, but may disagree if there is a covered exemption regarding Shukha. And pointing with you, the next mission records the Malchokas from where to measure. Rabbi Lezer says, Mitiburo, from his navel. Rabbi Yakiva says, Machotmo, from his nose. Rabbi Lezer Yaakov says, from where he becomes a corpse, meaning from his neck. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Kiva holds Iker Ape. His primary life element is in his nose, meaning breathing. Rabbi Lezer holds Iker Tibure. His primary life element is in his navel, meaning the digestive organs. The Gemara suggests this parallelism of Chokas if a fetus is formed from the head or from the navel, but says that even Abba Shaul, who says a fetus is formed from the navel, can agree that after formation, breathing is a primary life element. Rabbi Yaakov says to measure from the neck, based on a pasuk which says, the necks of the corpses of the wicked, relating corpses with necks. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara notes that our Mishnah does not accord with the Balazar ben Yaakov who says, Zekanecha zo Sanhedrin. Your elders refers to Sanhedrin. Shoftecha zemelch ul Your judges, this refers to the king and Kongadol. The Gemara inquires if he holds like one of the Tanaim of our Mishnah regarding the number of judges required or if he requires the entire Sanhedrin to come. Of Yosef brought a Bryce, which teaches that Azak and Mamre, the rebellious elder, who received Sanhedrin's ruling outside of the Lishkas of Gazes, and later ignores it, is not punished. Now, the case must be where the entire Sanhedrin was there, because otherwise, he obviously could not be liable, since it's possible that other members would agree with him. 
but since at least 23 members must always be in the Lishka Zagazis, how would this occur? It must be they left for a mitzvah that required the entire Sanhedrin, presumably to measure it for an Egla Rufa. The Gemara answers that the entire Sanhedrin is required for a different purpose, to add to the Steve Yishalayim or to the Azaras of the base of Migdash. However, the Gemara brings another brace which clearly states that the Sanhedrin leaves for the purpose of measuring for Egla Rufa. Point number two, Abai once declared, Harani Kaben Azai Bishuke Taveria. Today I'm prepared to answer questions with depth and clarity like Ben Azai did in the markets of Taveria. He was asked, Shnech Halalim Zet Zet, two corpses, which are found one on top of the other. Mehechan Humodet, from where does one measure to surrounding cities? Min Beminu Habitamun, Umin Beminu Lohabitsap. Do we say something covered by its own type, meaning another corpse, is considered covered and exempt from Egla Rufa, but something raised on its own type? is not considered floating, and is subject to Eglarufa, thus one would only measure from the top corpse, or perhaps the top corpse is considered floating, and the bottom is not considered covered, and we would only measure from the bottom. It's also possible that neither is subject to Eglarufa if they're considered covered and floating, respectively. And Rashi adds the possibility that they may both be subject to Eglarufa. Abai offered a resolution from a bracer on where one sheaf of grain lay atop another, which are the same type. The Tanakhama says the bottom is shikha and the top is not because of the floating exemption. And Rabbi Shimon says neither is shikha because the bottom has a covered exemption. The Gemara says they do not necessarily argue if the bottom is considered covered, but may disagree if there is a covered exemption regarding shikha. And pointing with you, the next mission records the Malchokas from where to measure. Rabbi Lezer says, Mitiburu, from his navel. Rabbi Yekiva says, Machotmo, from his nose. Rabbi Lezman Yaakov says, Mitzavaro, from where he becomes a corpse, meaning from his neck. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Kiva holds Iker Ape. His primary life element is in his nose, meaning breathing. Rabbi Yezer holds Iker Chiyusabitiburu. His primary life element is in his navel, meaning the digestive organs. The Gemara suggests this parallelism of Chokas if a fetus is formed from the head or from the navel, but says that even Abba Shaul, who says a fetus is formed from the navel, can agree that after formation, breathing is a primary life element. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says to measure from the neck, based on a pasuk which says, The necks of the corpses of the wicked, relating corpses with necks. All right, so now we go to Simadaf Mem Hey, and her standard simon is Monopoly. Mem Hey, Ma, Monopoly, Monopoly. So here goes. The entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red Monopoly board in the middle of nowhere, were shocked to discover one mace on top of another, and debated who to measure from, and whether to measure from his navel nose or neck. Once again, it's motion. The entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red Monopoly board. Monopoly board? That must mean we're in Duff. Mem hey, Monopoly. The entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red Monopoly board in the middle of nowhere, which reminds us, the Gemara notes that our Mishnah does not accord with Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, who says, Zekanecha zo Sanhedrin. Your elders refers to Sanhedrin. Shoftecha zemelch ukongadol. Your judges refers to the king and kongadol. The Gemara seeks to clarify if the entire Sanhedrin needs to come. So, the entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red Monopoly board in the middle of nowhere were shocked to discover one 
base on top of another and debated who to measure from, which reminds us, Abayu was asked, two corpses, which are found one on top of the other, from where does one measure to surrounding cities? Do we say, something covered by its own type, meaning another corpse, is considered covered and exempt from Eglah Rufa, but something raised on its own type is not considered floating and is subject to Eglah Rufa, thus one would only measure from the top corpse, or perhaps the top corpse is considered floating and the bottom is not considered covered, and we would only measure from the bottom. The Gemara brings other possibilities as well. So the entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red monopoly board in the middle of nowhere, were shocked to discover one mace on top of another and debated who to measure from, and whether to measure from his navel nose or neck. Which reminds us, the next mission brings him out focus regarding which part of the corpse to measure from. Is it from the nose, navel, or neck? So once again, the entire court of judges who came out to measure the mysterious mace slumped over the red monopoly board in the middle of nowhere, were shocked to discover one mace on top of another and debated who to measure from, and whether to measure from his navel nose or neck. All right, so now it's time for four blah blah chazara. Daf Mamov. So the simmer Daf Mamov is a grandma. So here goes. The proud grandma, proud grandma. That must be on Daf Mamov. The proud grandma with the red walker cavelling over her grandson, the king, when he did Kriya even though he was a descendant of a foreigner, which reminds us, the next mission describes the myths of Hakel and relates that when King Agrippa's reached the Pasek, Osucho Sesolecha Ishnachrin, you shall not place a foreigner over you to be a king, Zalga Enav Demos, his eyes flowed with tears because as a descendant of the slave Herod, he was disqualified from being king. The people said to him, Do not fear Agrippas, you are a brother, you are a brother. The Gemara says they deserve destruction for this flattery of Agrippas. So, the proud grandma with a red walker cavelling over her grandson, the king, when he did Kriya Satori, even though he was a descendant of a foreigner, told the Russia standing next to her, who flattered her, saying that seeing her face is like seeing the face of an angel, which reminds Rabbi Yudah of the West, Darshan Mutulachanif Lurashayim Bolamazeh, is permitted to flatter the wicked in this world because it says regarding the times of Mashiach that it will not be permitted. Rishakish gave a source from Yaakov's statement to Esav, Kiros Pnei I've seen your face, which is like seeing the face of an angel, and you were appeased by me. We see then that Yaakov flattered Esav. Rabbi Levi gave a different interpretation of Yaakov's intent. So the proud grandma with a red walker cavelling over her grandson, the king, when he did Kriya Satori, even though he was a descendant of a foreigner, told the Russia standing next to her who flattered her, saying that seeing her face is like seeing the face of an angel, that he's going to fall into her grandson's hands and ultimately go to Gehenna, which reminds us, Rabbi made several statements about a person who possesses the trait of flattery. Anyone who has in him the trait of flattery brings anger to the world, and he's noful by Gehenna, he falls into Gehenna. He added, One who flatters his fellow ultimately falls into his hand. He concluded that even if he does not fall into his hand, he'll fall into his son's hand, or at least the hand of his son's son. Daf Membeis, so the simmer Daf Membeis is a mobster. So here goes. The mobster, mobster, that must have been more in Daf Membeis. The mobster in the red pinstripe suit giving a pep talk to his men. We're about to go out and fight with another crime family, which reminds us. The eighth period begins by describing the words spoken to the nation by the Meshul of Muhammad before going to battle, which were in Lashon HaKodesh. He told them they were heading to war against your enemies, meaning not against your brothers, that if you fall into their hands, they'll have mercy on you. Rather, you're going to war against your enemies, that if you fall into their hands, they will not have mercy on you. So the mobster in the red pinstripe suit giving a pep talk to his men were about to go out and fight with another crime family was shocked when his brazen giant fighter got felled 
by a young man, which reminds us, Rabbi Yochanan Darshan's the name Goliath is saying, Sha'aman Begil Yipani with Nekajbarhu. They stood brazenly before Kajbarhu and he said, Brulachem Ish Biyarid Alai. Choose for yourselves a man and let him come down to me, by which he meant Hashem, who's called an Ish Mohama, a man of war. Akash Baruch Hu responded, I'll hereby fell him through a son of man, meaning a young man, which is how David is described. So the mobster in the red pinstripe suit, giving a pep talk to his men, were about to go out and fight with another crime family, was shocked when his brazen giant fighter got felled by a young man who killed four warriors, all descendants of a woman who cried, Four Tears, which reminds us, the Gemara explains why the four warriors, Saf, Madun, Galias, and Yishbi, fell before David. The Pasuk says, And Arpa kissed her mother-in-law, but Rus cleaved to her. Rav Yitzhak said, Baruch said, Let the sons of the one who was kissed, meaning Arpa, come and fall in the hand of the sons of the one who cleaved, referring to Rus. Ravadarshan that Arpa merited for these four warriors to descend from her in reward for the four tears she shed when parting from Naomi. Daf Mem Gimel. So the similar Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The most recent issue of Ancient Midnight Battles magazine. Magazine? That must be more in Daf Mem Gimel. The most recent issue of Ancient Minyanite Battles magazine captivated the attention of the great Ben Puti General, which reminds us it was Tanan Brisa, not for not to Pinchas go to battle against Midian, rather to take revenge for his mother's father, Yosef, who was sold as a slave by the Midianites. The more questions Pinchas descend from Yosef from a Pasuk, identifying his mother as Mibanos Putiel, from the daughters of Putiel. Is this not because they descended from Yisru, who was called Putiel? Because he fattened calves for idolatry? Pitamel? The Gemara answers, me Yosef No, they descended from Yosef called Putiel because he scorned and conquered his desire. The Gemara answers, the Gemara concludes that he descended from both, one from his mother's father and one from his mother's mother. This is supported by the Yudin Putiel, which indicates multiple meanings. So, the most recent issue of Ancient Midnight Battles magazine captivated the attention of the great Ben Puti General, who was sitting on his porch while exempt from war due to his recent engagement, which reminds us the next mission teaches about the officers declaring the three exemptions from going to battle. One who built a new house and did not inaugurate it, one who planted a vineyard and did not redeem it in the fourth year, and one who married a woman and did not complete the marriage. So, the most recent issue of Ancient Midnight Battles magazine captivated the attention of the great Ben Puti General, who was sitting on his porch while exempt from war due to his recent engagement behind a young tree he had grafted onto another tree which was planted as a fence, which reminds us. The Mishnah taught that in addition to planting, grafting a plant also exempts from going to war. Rizer explains that this refers to permitted grafting. The Gemara wonders what the case is, and Rabbi Yermi explained that he grafted onto a young tree which was not subject to Orla, such as in a case where he planted the first tree as a fence or for beams, which is exempt from Orla. Therefore, only the graft exempts the owner from going to war. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak provided another answer. Daf Mem Dalad, so the similar Daf Mem Dalad is mud. So here goes. The scared soldier who was trudging home in the reddish mud. Mud? That must be on Daf Mem Dalad. The scared soldier who was trudging home in the reddish mud, which reminds us, the next mission records Malchok is about the meaning of Hayoreba Rachalevav, one who is frightened and faint-hearted, who also returns home from war. Does it literally mean scared of battle or scared from Averos? And if Averos, is that the Raisa Averos or even the Rabban Averos? 
So the scared soldier who's trudging home in the reddish mud, when all of a sudden he heard that the war was a Mohammed's mitzvah, and he must return to battle, which reminds us, the Mishnah taught, When are these exemptions said regarding discretionary wars? Of a Mohammed's mitzvah, but regarding wars of mitzvah, everyone goes out to battle. Even a chasin from his chamber and a kala from her chuppah. So the scared soldier who was trudging home in the reddish mud, when all of a sudden he heard the war was a Mohammed's mitzvah, and he must return to battle, asked five judges measuring the distance from a mace in the mud to the nearest city for some chizuk. Which reminds us, the ninth paragraph of Sota discusses the procedure of Eglarufa. The Tanakam in the Mishnah says, Three Dayanim from the great basin of Yishalayim would go out to measure from the surrounding cities to the corpse. Revuda says, Chamisha, five, because it says, Zikanecha, Shnaim, your elders implying two judges, Veshoftecha, Shnaim, your judges implying two additional judges, Vein based in Shako, and a basin could not be an even number of judges, Mosif and Alehen Odechad. So we add one more to them, totaling five. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of ten questions. Number one, which step of a question where to measure for the Egla roof in a case where there's one corpse on top of another? That's on Dav. Good number two, which of the one that Orpah merited four warriors to descend from her in reward for the four tears she shed when parting from Naomi? That's on Duff. Membez. Good number three, which of the we discussed the meaning of Hayariva Rachalevav and which of Eros exempt one from battle? That's on Duff. Memdalot. Good number four, which of the question where to measure the mace from, whether it's the navel, nose, or neck? That's on Duff. Good number five. Which stuff do we discuss? Three exemptions from war. One being one who just married a woman. That's on Duff. Good number six. Which stuff do we have different interpretations in what Yaakov Avinu intended when he said to Esav that seeing his face was like seeing the face of a Moloch? That's on Duff. Good number seven. Wish that they learned about the humility of Rabbi Abba Avaka, who didn't mind when the speaker gave a different explanation to his shearer. That's on Duff. Ma'am. Good number eight. Wish that we have a question if Rabbi Lezman Yaakov holds that the entire Sanhedrin needs to go out for Egla Rufa. That's on Duff. Memhei. Good number nine. Wish that we discuss what the Meshulch Muhammad says to the nation before they go off to war. That's on Duff. Membez. Good. Number 10. Which of the women regarding a Milchemist mitzvah? Everyone goes out to war. That's on Dav. Mem Dalad. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Goldham Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.